Welcome to the Awakened Collective, where we explore the topics of love, spiritual consciousness, and our divine purpose on this planet. Join us as we uncover the truth that our thoughts shape our reality. Welcome to the Awaken Collective Podcast. I'm Rick Gregory, and it's so good to be here today, and I'm so glad you're here with us today. And a special thank you to Audio Alchemy Productions and Danny Anderson uh, for the gift they are to so many. I just want to open up again this week and remind you that you are the extension of your Creator's divine love on this planet. You have never been separated from your Creator, nor have we ever, not for a nanosecond, been separated from one another. So, I have a very special guest today, a Dr. Chris Glick, a dear friend of mine. I'm so excited that you're here, Chris. I met Chris through her helping my husband, Glenn, on his recovery journey. And while it is not typically common for a man to ask a woman to help him on his recovery journey, I can tell you 100% it was divinely inspired and somehow a miracle of the universe working this out because he is not the same person today. And I know I'm probably the only one who knows what he was like, but he is not the same person today. The change in him is, is just, it's freaking amazing. Um, and we're not the ones that can often tell, you know, when we look in the mirror, we don't see how much we've changed. But when we see f- someone else, um, we can see beyond a shadow of a doubt that something spiritual, something magnificent has happened. So I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for your gift to us, to Glenn, um, and helping him along this journey. And I'm so glad to have you here today, Chris. Thank you. And I am going to ask you if you would share a little bit about yourself, your story, your career, um, your journey, and just so that we get to know Chris a little better today. Sure. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. And I'll first say that I'm just so grateful to have both you and Glenn in my lives. You have both meant so much to me. And working with Glenn has been an absolute gift. And as part of the principle of this program is that when we work with someone else, we were we are given more than we give, and that has been the case working with, with him, and, and I'm so grateful to have had him in my life. So as I kind of pondered what we would talk about today, you know, where I've come to in my life is that we're all put here with the final purpose of uncovering the goodness within us, mm-hmm. and we do that through hopefully our work, through our relationships, through, you know, just the mundane parts of our lives of washing dishes and, you know, doing laundry and keeping the house clean. Hopefully that will all help uncover our goodness. And part of the uncovering of the goodness is to peel away the ego parts of us that we've been taught. And they're an important part of us um, to help us function in this world. But... um, To uncover the goodness, the ego has to be stripped away because there's something um, selfless and loving deep within all of us that we're born with that 
will hopefully guide us in um, throughout our lives in finding how we can help ourselves and help other people heal the injuries that are all part of our lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm a physician, and um, I knew I, from when I was a child, I was I, I was always healing. I was... <laughs> I would take care of the neighborhood pets and, um, you know, I never thought of myself as a healer and I've really only labeled myself as that recently. Um, but I knew I wanted to be a doctor from pretty early on. Um, when I, you know, had some typical teenage adolescent bumps in the road and had gotten kicked out of school and got sent to boarding school. And when I was interviewing, you know, with the principal at the at the boarding school, I told him I was going to go to medical school. And he said, well, that's ridiculous. You'll never get into medical school. And that was probably one of the biggest blessings in my life because that made me Mm -hmm. determined to go to medical school. And so, yeah, I'll show you. So I sort of turned around my academic performance at that time and um, made the grades and uh, eventually got into medical school. And when I was deciding what I wanted to do for my um, specialty, I really went to medical school to be a surgeon. And as I was doing my rotations and all, I really liked the pediatricians. And I don't mean it was a personal dislike of surgeons and a personal like of pediatricians, but it was a, a I liked the way they practiced medicine. And it was more about uh, engaging the patient and their family as a part of the team of healing. And that was really appealing to me. And and now in retrospect, I wasn't really that cognizant of that idea at that time, but that's become an integral part of my practice. And eventually I went into neonatology, which was, you know, about as um, technical and high tech um, a part of pediatrics as there was back when I was making that choice. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I thought I was put on this earth to be a neonatologist. And fast forward about 30 years, um, I got into recovery and I, and I had had more and more difficulty with practicing medicine in a corporate environment. The intensive care unit is very much, uh, isolating in terms of it's hard for parents to get in and be a part of the team in intensive care units. And that's, that's changing now dramatically from where it was about 15 years ago when I was going through this process. And, um, it just became more and more difficult for me to be comfortable in corporate medicine. And, uh, so I, when I got into recovery very quickly, um, I had fell into discord with my practice and, and I left my practice and I thought that that was the end of my career. And I thought I was going to die. I, it was the worst thing that ever happened to me, I thought. And through that process, I began to explore what else I could do. And I started imagining and daydreaming that I could have my own little clinic of some sort. And I was a lactation consultant from the late nineties. And so that kind of bubbled to the surface. And, um, so now I run a breastfeeding clinic, which has been the greatest gift in my life. Mm. And I'm practicing medicine the way I want to now, where I am able to engage my patients in teamwork so that we can, um, promote their healing together. And the idea that 
doctors heal patients has never felt true to me. And so what I believe now is that we as physicians are here to help promote um, personal healing through engaging in a teamwork with, with our patients. And that's what I'm able to do now in my little clinic. And it's just been the greatest gift. I'm, I'm as happy as I've ever been. It's wonderful. That's awesome. You know, you started off by saying, you know, that person, whoever it was telling you that you'd never make it in medicine or whatever, you know, I mean, you think about people that get those kinds of messages at that point in their lives and actually believe that and how it, how it changes the whole course of their lives. And it's like, we have a choice and you made the choice that I'm going to show you, but not everybody does that, you know? Um, and I was thinking too, when you were sharing about how you get to do what you love, um, it's, it's actually simple, isn't it? we just listen to what's in there and go with that intuitive thought and that desire that seems to have always, it seems like we came here with it, you know? Um, and I thought of um, the book we read, Letting Go with Dr. Hawkins and his story about becoming a medical doctor and wanting to ease human suffering and then realizing that it's deeper than that. There's a lot that goes on in our thinking that affects our physical wellness and then became a psychiatrist for decades. And then, believed that there was a spiritual foundation to it all and um, came back to teach and to write that book that I don't know what that book meant to you, but it, that was the beginning of a big change for me. And I think that has that spiritual work that we're here to do um, is, can be confusing, can be confused by powerful careers like medicine and, we the the culture of medicine is really counterintuitive to really healing because we sort of cast ourselves as the healers and that our patients are the receivers of that. And in truth, the power of medicine, in my opinion, is engaging the healing power that we all have within us. And so, Yes, there's traditional medicine that's very important in, in helping to heal people, you know, like antibiotics and treatment and um, uh, diagnostic sure. mm -hmm. uh, things that are very important to use. But in the end, it really is about engaging the healing power that is in, in all of us. And that's part of that goodness that I talked about that I believe we're all, that is in us when we're born, and that this process of, becoming who we really are is part of the healing of us, yeah. whether it's physical healing or spiritual healing. Um, I think it's, that's part of this process. And so for me, it's been stripping away that external mask and that doing part of me. And it's not that doing is not important. What we do is absolutely important. You know, the whole idea of act our way into right thinking is certainly true. But in the end, who we are is not what we do, even though that's an important part of it. And for me, so I'm, I'm kind of laughing to myself right now because part of the confusing um, piece of this process is that it's all paradoxical. Mm -hmm. So, and so I'm saying two opposite things are true at the same time. We are not what we do and yet we are what we do. And so to be really clear about the fact that my acts are very important. 
because they affect the people around me and then they in turn affect me. But I am not what I do. I am still me, whether I'm a doctor, mother, sister, friend. I'm still who I am. Mm-hmm. And that that is what I have to keep at the primary forefront of my life in making decisions, whether I choose to be a doctor or a janitor. And I think I'm no more important in, you know, sort of the lauded career of being a physician. We need janitors. We need cooks. We need all the other jobs that are in the world. And for me, that calling to be the best at whatever we do is what it helps uncover our goodness. Mm. And you were talking about your friend who was cleaning chairs at a restaurant and doing our work with excellence, I think, is so important in uncovering our goodness because the, the better we do our jobs, the more comfortable we can be with ourselves no matter what that job is. Yes. Yep. Yeah, and, and going back to the chair cleaning, it's like, like you said, it's it's who we are, it's our who we're becoming, who we become, and out of that, the doing just happens, you know, and we want to do it right. We want to do it well. Um, and seeing her in the zone when she was cleaning those chairs, like you said, doing the dishes. You know, I, I'm reading a lot about mindfulness and staying in the moment. And, you know, I get to do the dishes. As my, my daughter used to say, her sponsor would tell her, why are, you, why are you freaking out about a sink full of dishes? There are people that wish they had dishes to clean. You get to do the dishes, you know. And, and just washing our hands. I mean, just staying in, in the moment. And she was so in the moment. What does that staying in the moment look like for you? Yeah, it, it's, I used to think that that was sort of nonsense. Hogwash, yes, me too. (laughs) (laughs) And I would say, well, you know, all that navel gazing is for other people, not for me, because, you know, it's really important. I'm a doer. And so, and, and that has throughout my life been a very distracting thing for me discovering who I am because I, frenetic activity comforted me. And it's also given me a lot of gifts because I, you know, i I love my home. I have a beautiful home and I'm so grateful that I've lived in that place for 35 years. I mean, that's a gift that I am incredibly grateful for. And I wouldn't have that without some of my very hard work ethic, but that very hard work ethic can get in the way of our soulful living Mm. where what I do is more important than being okay with who I am. And having to prove to myself or to the, my, you know, whoever else in the world, the, to prove to the rest of the world that I'm okay because of what I'm doing and not knowing that I'm okay whether I'm doing that or not. Mm. And that's paradoxical again because it's not really about doing except we have to clean our houses. You know, we have to have some money to function in this world. And so... We have to do, but at the same time, we have to be. And so for me, mindfulness is blending those two things where we can successfully accomplish the duties that we have to get done of, you know, cleaning the floor for me, taking care of my chickens and my bees and my dogs and doing those things because without me taking care of them, none of those things are going to make it on their own. And 
And yet at the same time that I'm doing those things, being in the moment of enjoying the process of that work. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it's, you know, the dishes have to be washed, but can I be who I am in my fullest self as I'm washing those dishes? And that means I'm in the moment knowing what I'm doing at that moment. And for me, a huge part of this is gratitude. And I was at a woman's retreat about two years ago, and they had us writing a gratitude list. And because I, my sponsor always made me write long gratitude lists, I've always done that. So I absolutely had the longest gratitude list of anyone <laughs> in three minutes. And so she gave me a book called The Magic, which is a book, it's a, thir- a practice of 30 days of becoming grateful for various and sundry things in our lives. And, you know, you, I mean, there's a chapter about being grateful for financial rewards. There's a chapter about just being grateful for whatever's happening at that moment. And I've done the book probably four or five times, so many months I've repeated doing the book. And it's changed my life being grateful. So every moment now is almost filled with gratitude for me. Mm. And um, that keeps me in the moment. So when something bad's happening, if I can immediately turn to gratitude, it lightens the moment for me. And you, you heard me share in our gathering the other day about my week that I had or my day with the car dealership. I actually shared that on this podcast. <laughs> but, you know, when we're not in gratitude, um, we find more things to not be grateful for. Right. And when we are in gratitude, we find more things to be grateful for. And that's it's just amazing to me. I thought maybe we could talk for a minute about um, self-examination. You know, I was never, I'm sure you weren't either, taught that we could actually choose our thinking, look at ourselves, see where things are amiss. Um, how about, and, and just being open, honest, willing to look at ourselves. What was that like for you? Because I know you did it. You did the work. <laughs> it was torture. <laughs> it was really hard. Um, so self-examination when you're a doer is a really hard thing to do because Yes, indeed, is doing something, but again, it feels like I'm letting all my tasks go because it's not physically accomplishing something that I can tick off as on my done list. And plus, it's painful mm. because it is stripping away those masks that I talked about that we use to interface with the world. And when we take those masks away, then all that's left is really who we are and that's what I had masks in place for was so no one would see me because I thought I wasn't good enough to have the world see my heart and it's not that I had a hard mean heart I had a I had a loving you know kind heart I want everything to be okay for other people but it felt like it wasn't good enough for the rest of the world to see Mm. and So it was very frightening, and it took a long time for me to get to the point where I am today, and I feel like I'm just now beginning to really get to the point where it's really the work that I was put here to do, Mm -hmm. and that is to find that goodness in myself. Um, And the more I can uncover the goodness, 
that is in me, the safer the world looks to me, the easier it is for me to open my heart to the world and to be really who I am. And I think that's the the God-given gift of discovering this goodness is that's how we then can interact in the best way with the world and really shine light on the rest of the world is in discovering our own goodness. Yeah. yeah. And then what do we do with, you know, I, I for years regretted the mistakes of my past. Mm-hmm. Um, and we learn in, in this recovery journey that we don't regret the past, you know, or wish to shut the door on it. And how what we've what we've learned through those experiences when we've done that work where we're no longer living in a place of shame but we see that if it wasn't for those things in our lives bad decisions that we've made um, understanding that we were doing it the best we could with the knowledge we had at the time and forgiving ourselves that we can then take that, that those stories and and share them Is that your experience as well? Yes. So, you know, and again, gratitude is one of the best tools I have for not regretting the past and not regretting my mistakes because everything that has happened in my life has created who I am today, has participated in who I am today. So let me just give you an example of, of how gratitude can kind of change tragedy. So, um, Two years ago, almost to the day, I tried to burn my house down. <laughs> so I had, um, I have a couple of fireplaces and I decided, you know, right after New Year's, it was time to clean some of the ashes out. And it had been a day or two since I had had a fire. So I just assumed they were fine. So I always put them in a paper, used to, don't do this anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Live and learn. I put them in a paper bag thinking that then I would know if they were too hot because the bag would then burn, you know, before I got it out in the trash. Well, anyway, I'd put the bag in the trash and I was putting some Christmas stuff up in the attic and, um, and had piled a bunch of papers on top of the ashes in the trash can and had gone to book club. And when I came home, the whole back of the garage was on fire. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I called the fire department obviously and, and they came very quickly and said that we needed to get anything living out of the house because the house was going to burn. And, um, so I had a, my dog at that time and we got her out. She wouldn't let them go in and get her out. So they had to let me go in and get her out. And of course the house was full of smoke and, um, they saved the house. So it created, it created a lot of damage. It destroyed the garage the greenhouse and another outbuilding and a new fence. And, uh, you know, so we I lost everything that was in the attic burned. And, um, so my lesson from that is now I am grateful for that fire. It took a while to be grateful for it, but it gave me a new garage. It gave me a new greenhouse. It cleaned up stuff that I had not been able to go through and clean up. And it's some of it was par- stuff from my parents, but the day of the fire, I'd been in the attic and I'd been, my kids didn't want me going up and down in the attic. So I'd been in the practice of bringing every time I went up there, I would bring something down and sort through it. And the day of the fire, I found a box of all the letters that my parents had written me through my, throughout my whole life. Mm. And so I brought that box of letters down so that didn't burn so the day of the fire. And I'm, every, I'm so grateful that I have those letters. I mean, I don't sit down and read them, but it's such, how did that happen? 
you know, that I happened to get that box out of the attic, that particular box, you know, I don't know. But I'm grateful that it happened. And now I'm grateful for my new garage and I'm grateful for my new greenhouse. <laughs> and so it turning the negative things into a positive light has just been a great gift. Mm -hmm. And going through something like, because I was, I remember when it happened, mm -hmm. you know, and I remember seeing the torment, you know, and when those things happen in our lives, we don't think we're going to see, you know, the light of day, you know, and it's just overwhelming. And, and then to be where you are today, and then come across someone else who is in that same position, you know, how we can empathize exactly with where they're at and share our story. Right. Our stories change lives. Yeah. And, you know, the, the fire is such a great example because, you know, the, the whole roof of the um, garage was burned. So every time I came home, I just saw, I mean, there was soot and ashes and, I mean, it was just nasty forever. And it took about six months to get all the reconstruction done and everything. So through that process was, things were a mess. It mm -hmm. was driving me crazy. But as I was going through that process and being patient and knowing that it was being fixed and just accepting that it has to take time to fix things is emblematic of how healing anything in our lives is. It doesn't heal the first minute that the injury happens. It takes time and our bodies take time to heal. Our souls take time to heal. And so I think of that six month pro process of, you know, repairing the garage. And now every time I drive into my garage, I think I say, thank you for my pretty garage. Mm -hmm. And just, I mean, who's thankful for their garage? <laughs> but I am now because it, it was, it was destroyed. Yeah. And now I'm glad to have it back and have it. And, and it is a new pretty garage. <laughs> Things do take time. I know when we were getting ready, I, I just, was so overwhelmed with the thought of moving myself. Um, yeah. And we weren't in our home anywhere near as long as you've been in yours. And, you know, all the things that you collect. And I just could not imagine it. I could not see the other side of it at all. Um, and it's just about done. And like you said, it takes time. I, I, I heard something recently where some a child, like a nine-year-old, was asked, so what's it going to take to get to 10? Hmm. And the look of... It's just going to happen. It just happens. It just happens. It does. It just takes that time. And go ahead. And I think one of the really <clears throat> lovely things that's happened in my life, one of the one of the men who really helped me early in my recovery was a guy named Sonny B. And what he said two things all the time that I sort of, you know, didn't really like when I was first hearing them. One was that he had a body of evidence, and there's a body of evidence for a lot of things, but one of the bodies of evidence that I rely on heavily now is that everything's going to be okay and that I am being held and taken care of. And I have a ton of evidence of that. Mm. The fire's one. I was taken care of in the way that the house didn't burn, that it was just the garage. And I have so many other pieces of evidence that I'm being taken care of. And, and I love that body of evidence. And so the more that we um, live our lives knowing that we're being taken care of provides more evidence that we are being taken care That's of. Right. So it's easier to know today that I'm being taken care of 
than it was a week ago because yes. I have more evidence that I'm being taken care of. Always collecting evidence. And I use that. I say that all the time. So thanks, Sunny B, for that also. Yeah. I, I do have a body of evidence. And if we had the time, I'm sure we'd have plenty of examples that we could share on here. But we're just going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. And we'll be right back with just a few more minutes. Thanks. Are you ready to launch your podcast with ease? Let Audio Alchemy Productions elevate your content with our state-of-the-art four-camera studio and top-tier audio production. Focus on your message while we handle the rest. From recording to distribution on all major platforms. Whether you're a brand, an influencer, or a storyteller, let's amplify your voice. Contact us at 601-672-6591 and start your podcast journey today. Thank you, Danny. I just, this morning when I was getting ready to come here, for some reason, this is what came to mind. And I printed out the St. Francis Prayer. Mm-hmm. And um, I started reading it this morning. My eyes were filling up. So I, I, I just wanted to share it for everyone to hear. I love this, the way this is worded. Um, and we can talk about it for just a minute. But So this starts off, and I'm sure many are familiar with this. Lord, God, whatever name you choose to call God, the God of your understanding, make me a channel of thy peace. Where there is hatred... I may bring love, that where there is wrong, I may bring the spirit of forgiveness, that where there is discord, I may bring harmony, that where there is error, I may bring truth, that where there is doubt, I may bring faith, that where there is despair, I may bring hope, that where there are shadows, I may bring light, that where there is sadness, I may bring joy. God grant that I may seek rather to comfort than to be comforted, to understand than to be understood, to love than to be loved. For it is by self-forgetting that one finds. It is by forgiving that one is forgiven, and it is by dying that one awakens to eternal life. And you had mentioned paradox. It's full of them there. <laughs> it's by self-forgetting. There you go with that. You said something about transcending the ego. You know, forgetting that, that I'm not thinking of myself constantly today. And it's a work in progress. And I know you're not either. It's by forgiving that we are forgiven. And this last line that when every, I would read this growing up as a child in church, I thought all it meant was one day I'm going to die and then I'll know eternal life. But it's, it's the self-forgetting is the dying. You know, it's the forgiving that I'm forgiven, you know, and, and we can experience that life today on this planet. Do you have any thoughts on any of that? It is today that is eternal life. It's now. It's we're living it now. We're living in heaven or hell right now. Yes. And we are creating that by uncovering our goodness. We're creating heaven and 
covering our goodness up is we're creating our own hell. Mm -hmm. And so this process of self-evaluation, discovery, um, the St. Francis prayer describes the whole paradox that I was talking about and that we can now have, I mean, there's the door is here for us to discover heaven on earth. And it's not easy, but it's a, it's simple. And another paradox. <laughs> another paradox. <laughs> and it reminds me of the Sanskrit uh, phrase, neti neti, which means this and that, this and this. So it is this and it is this. And yet they're the opposite things, you know? So it's surrender so that we can have freedom. Mm. How can surrender give me freedom? That makes no sense to me, or in my old mind, made no sense. Because I felt like I had to create my own freedom by doing things. But indeed, what it is, is letting go and letting that goodness that is in all of us free so that we can be free. Yes. We cease fighting anything yep. or anyone. And I remember hearing someone say, surrender is ceasing fire, laying your weapons down, and awaiting further instruction. Yes, I love I li that. <laughs> And then it's having my ears open to hear the instruction. But yes, that's that's it in a nutshell. Thank you so much for being here today, Chris. I love you. I love and, you. Um, Thank you. Appreciate you sharing yourself, your story with us today. It is our stories that really can make a difference. Um, and just encourage everyone to be on the lookout because miracles are all around us. I'm going to ask Danny to go ahead and just put up our contact page if he would. So there's lots of ways you can contact us. Uh, the website is theawakencollective.org. And on that website, there are some books I've written that are available. There's also the books that I'm reading that are available. There's my YouTube link. And there's the links to all of the podcasts for your favorite channels, um, whatever you'd like to, to subscribe to there, to, ch to listen to these uh, podcasts while you're on the road, perhaps. And email, you can reach out to me, and especially if you're struggling in any way, please reach out. And that's at um, rickgregory at theawakencollective.org. And I have a special favor to ask, that if you could go to my TikTok channel, because TikTok has a requirement that you have to have a 1,000 followers before they will allow you to do any live streaming there. And I would love to be able to live stream both here on Facebook, which we're doing today, and at the same time live stream on TikTok, because I don't think there's a limit to the number of people that we want to reach with the message of love, but they are forgiven, but they are the divine extensions of their creator's love on the planet. So if you'd go to my TikTok channel and you would click follow, I would greatly appreciate your help. Next week, we have a special guest, and it's a wonderful story. Her name is Christine Cody. She's a Mississippi famous hair and makeup artist, a musician. She's an author. She has a story that's going to knock your socks off. So please join us next week for that. As always, I'd love to hear from you. Thank you for being with us today. Again, thank you to my friend Chris, and thank you to Danny and Audio Alchemy Productions. Until next time, my friends, love and kindness, always.